This week's Winefellers is brought to you by the National Alliance of Wine Growers and Distributors. Have you had your two glasses of wine today? The Stool Stool, improving your bathroom posture since 2015. The Stool Stool, we're number two. And River of Life Lutheran Church. Sunday services come once a week. How often do you? Welcome to this week's episode of The Winefellers, right here on WHUPLP, Hillsboro, North Carolina. I'm Joe, co-founder of TrueBottle.com, your professional source for wine auction prices, and my good feller Mark here, fine wine auction director with Leland Little Auctions. And together, we are the Special episode of the Winefellers, we will host our most exciting wine event yet. We will be pairing wine with three mystery meat-like products, all purchased from the Mebin Dollar Store. That and music from the Winefellers personal archives on this week's episode of the Winefellers. But first, the news. Welcome to North Carolina's only fine wine newscast, where your good wine fellers, Mark and Joe, discuss real wine stories from this week's news, offering you an insider's view into the fascinating and often hilarious world of fine wine, right here on WA. This week on the Winefellers News, the so-called Disneyland of wine is now open in France. This must be the happiest place on earth. You say that North Korea's dictator Kim Jong-un has a weakness for cheese, chocolate, and fine wine? Wow, he must be like a really good guy. Female millennials are finding better ways to secretly hide their wine drinking while in public? I always wondered why my niece carries a rainwater barrel around. This week on the news. Hey, Joe. Mark, Mark, Marky Mark. What is going on? Not too much. I'm a little disappointed <laughs> because I was all set. I was all ready to say with all good intention that this is going to be our best show ever. And now I don't know if I can say that. 
Mark, you placed in front of me while we were uh, getting ready to go into the news. Yes. What appears to be a a cup of horribly brown liquid. So uh, we were ha- we're having a mystery wine pairing later in the show, and I brought uh, a wine that I really wanted to try with our mystery pairings, and the wine is a 1984 Pouligny uh, Le Combette Jacques Prière, and it is a beautiful wine. Unfortunately, this wine, <laughs> this bottle, is rancid. It is so bad. It's terrible. Uh, I can smell it from here. I did try some. Yeah, but me I too. think I think just since we are eating meat from the dollar store. Yes. You know, <laughs> and and most of our pairings are with good wine. I think today on air. We need to drink this rancid bottle of wine okay. and ex- and describe the experience yes. because you know what as a as a wine connoisseur mm. and, and auction, uh, wine wine director um, you and I have had our bad bottles of wine before Yes and this happens when you buy older bottles of wine or have older bottles of wine you know sometimes they just go bad and and the turn and what's wrong with this bottle particularly is that it is corked that yeah. it is uh, the the uh, there are little uh, uh, bacteria is on the cork oh, that uh, interact with the wine over the years and, and yeast actually and it turns the wine bad and so uh, that's what happened here and the wine really is undrinkable it's just a terrible <laughs> terrible terrible wine but uh, but that happens you know uh, you you know they actually the, they think the rate of uh, having a cork bottle is like 10 to 12 percent mm-hmm. which increases probably over time the longer you have bottles absolutely well we're going to get into that later so we, you know today's most exciting episode ever has become even more exciting <laughs> yeah mark what's on the news today all right let's start with the news uh the cité du vin or what's been called the disneyland of wine <laughs> in bordeaux france is now open great the 90 million dollar attraction which opened last week offers visitors the chance to taste wines from 20 regions around the world wow the theme park which is the first of its kind shows how wine has shaped and enriched our world <laughs> the director Philippe Massal said the wine has changed la- that wine has changed landscapes and influenced cultures for over 8000 years. He explained that wherever wine has appeared has, it has altered the people the way people live. The park has created an enriching and educational experience through the immersion of smell, touch and taste. Now, in America, The College Candy News website, which claims to reflect everything college girls like, declared it the amusement park of our dreams. According to one American Twitter user, France just came up with possibly the best tourist attraction in history. (laughs) (laughs) I just I just hate that, you know, the the fine art. The culture, <laughs> the food, the you know all of the all of the landmarks. Yes, uh, in France, just weren't enough. So, so it seems that we're reacting to the new Disney World, the Disneyland of wine, very differently, depending on if you live in France or if you live in America. If you live in America, you have a different idea what this place is, is like. <laughs> if these people, <laughs> these Americans, are going to go over there, and they're going to be very disappointed. Are they? Well, look, man, it's going to be like wanting to go to Miami Beach, but then getting stuck in that Epcot ride that teaches you about the world. Oh, (laughs) learning. (laughs) You know that the French are very proud of of the history of wine and their 
part in it. Yep, they're always trying to teach you history whenever they can. <laughs> in well, America, we have 200 years of history. Don't tell us more than that. It's about as much as we can handle. <laughs> Anything before that point doesn't yeah, exist. It doesn't exist or it's, you know. It's, Irrelevant. Yeah, it's the Grecans or the Roman. It doesn't matter <laughs> at that point. So at the theme park, you can follow the story of the drink of the gods across the millennia. Visitors are invited to sample some of the ambrosia in an eighth floor bar with panoramic views of the region. Admission to the Cité du Vin costs about $20, and that includes wine. Oh, this is going to be a nightmare. <laughs> I think it is. <laughs> $20 all you can drink. You're going to have college kids on their junior year, oh, uh, and they're living in France, and they're like, look, I know a place for $20. <laughs> you can drink as much as you want, and look, they're going to try to teach you stuff. Close your ears. <laughs> <laughs> but just show up. I promise you, you'll be glad you did. Mark, is this is this being marketed towards kids, college age kids, or is this or is this truly like um, supposed to be a family, maybe more of a, an educational experience? Yeah, I get the sense this is being marketed as the uh, Nova. Uh, a PBS show of wine, but sort of a live visual uh, uh, rendition of it. You know, you can't <clears throat> you can't run a wine education facility and get people to show up without <laughs> offering wine. No, they are offering wine. No, that's great. Yeah. But could you imagine iteration one? Well, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> like, in fact, um, there's maybe, wine on this wine ride. <laughs> <laughs> maybe. The American education system, all maybe worldwide education systems, could learn something from this year. Well, look, you and I together, we uh, went to a, a beer uh, brewery. Yes, a we microbrewery. Did. Yeah, and where they showed, we were there with some other people, <laughs> and they showed us how they made the beer and and where they stored the beer and how. I mean, you know, and I and and it was an hour long tour. It was an, and look, I'm in the field. I you know I I appreciate that stuff. But, you know, you could see everybody, like, looking through the glass. <laughs> to the sampling to room. To the sampling room where the oh. beer was just, like, sitting there. No one was there. <laughs> and everyone's just kind of, like, you know, kind of peeking their head, looking in there, like, wow. That, looking at their watches. Yeah, that looks like a nice place. <laughs> <laughs> what's, what's over there? Oh, that's the end of the tour. But they did have to continue to remind us in order to keep us focused yes now guys guys there will be all the beer you can drink and they faked us out because the very end they said okay and they taught us how to make beer and like we're all you know, like basically cheering like <laughs> silently to each other and then and then it's like okay now we're gonna show you the bottling room <laughs> wait a second you had to walk you actually had to walk past all of the beers for drinking in order to get to the bottling room. Yeah, and I signed on to learn how you make beer, not how you bottle it. So, yeah. And these these <laughs> these beer brewers, uh, they they are not to be messed with. No, they're not. If you upset them, they're just you're gone. How are you, you know, like, well, yeah, you can, if look, because they love this. Yeah. Part they they do this. They don't want you to come in and and just drink their beer. Now this this sounds wrong to me. <laughs> like when I go to a restaurant, right? I just want to eat, eat the food, right? 
I don't have to listen to how it's made. Yeah, I don't. When I go eat at a restaurant, I don't expect to hit a tour of the kitchen every time I go. But of course, <laughs> when you go to a restaurant, you typically have to pay for the food you eat. <laughs> I bet there's an upgrade pack. Well, we had to. I think we had to pay for it, man. We did. The, the business paid for it. Really? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. And so, you know, and there's so much money per head, but I bet there's an upgrade package. Didn't you try to take a computer or Well, a... they when we were leaving, they 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 had a, a they were giving away stuff. That's right. They gave away free stuff. And Everyone, they like, were That was nice of them. Th- I was, was should like, we, should we tell them who it is? I don't. Uh, okay. well, uh, <laughs> all, right, all right, they were giving away free. They were giving away free bumper stuff. stickers, magnets, yeah, nice. anyway. Nice. And yeah, someone yeah. is walking out of there with, with like, um, uh, a bunch of magnets and free glasses. Great, and, yeah, and all sorts of stuff. And they they call me back there. They saw I didn't have anything. Right. And they call me around the corner and point me at this whole room this full, of, board full of, of merchandise of, of tchotchkes for the place. Yes, and I and there was a, there were some laptops there with their <laughs> stickers on the top, and I, you know, these were little like like Chromebooks or something. <laughs> right, right. right. It was like a two hundred dollar thing. But I'm thinking, okay, <laughs> how about a laptop? <laughs> They were. They just looked at me. No, <laughs> yeah. and I said, "Okay, I'll take a T-shirt." And they said, "No." no. <laughs> I said, "Well, what can I have?" And they were like, "You can have a magnet." Wait, we're out of magnets. Yeah, you can have a bottle opener or an eraser or an eraser. <laughs> I got a bottle opener. They, why couldn't you have the shirt? I forget about that. Well, look, man, it was really. It's like they told me I could buy the shirt if I wanted it, <laughs> and the laptops were not for sale. That's not very nice. You just went through an hour-long tour, and I going to make you buy a shirt? Man. They were That's really cool rough. about the whole thing. They, um, in, in uh, I think, at the end, everyone was drinking all together. Before. Like, the whole... The whole business was well, the business, all like, the workers because it was five o'clock. Everyone was done, and they were drinking. So well, it was perfect, and and yeah, and so we're all there drinking. They're at their workplace drinking. Uh, don't you remember? It just kind of my memory's a little hazy. Well, I think we had free pizza too. Which was nice. Pizza came, but then at, at one point, uh, I think it started. the The party started splintering. Yes, like a like a, a group of us f- followed a couple guys back to their work room where they we all started watching hilarious youtube videos right that's right they got kind of raunchier as the evening went on yeah it was yeah, a little, it was, uh, a little it was, uncomfortable but <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, people went here and there yeah, some yeah. people ended up out in the parking lot you know right we lost some people we didn't like, they make it home <laughs> well you know that's what happens <laughs> i i think we are ha- and we are having a sense of what this disneyland of wine is actually going to yeah, be yeah we like. know what it's going to be like. <laughs> All right. What's next, my friend? All right. We have some breaking news from North Korea. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. <laughs> <laughs> what's that supposed to mean? Oh, yeah. All right. What, what's new North this week? North Korean dictator Kim Jong-un's chubby features are thought to be due <laughs> to his love for cheese, chocolate, and fine wine. Among the dictator's <laughs> recent expenses have been $340,000 on spirits, $163,000 on wines and champagne, mm-hmm. and $90,000 on German beer. Now, wow. this is while his people are un- very unfortunately are struggling to make ends meet. Two million people are struggling to survive oh, on oh, his yeah. meager handouts from the state. But this is what he's, he's, uh, he seems to be uh, really into the finer things and buying a lot of it. 
So he's also, <laughs> <laughs> but he's he's purchasing other oh. things. He's uh, he spent uh, this is from some news site. He spent three hundred sixty thousand dollars on fishing rods from China, one hundred ninety thousand dollars on horses from Russia, and two million four hundred thousand dollars worth of umbrellas from China. Look, man, look. Where did you get this information? I got this from the International Trade Center uh, website. He's not buying any of these things, Mark. He's not? This is propaganda released from his department. I'm sure he is enjoying some of the finer things. You think they want to get out there that he's spending $12 million on pepper? True figure? <laughs> <laughs> Maybe pepper. It means something over there. That's a like lot. The more pepper you have. That is a lot of pepper. Well, what if he bought the pepper to give away? <laughs> One packet at a time. I mean, just... <laughs> now, now, here's the thing. I think anything we hear about Kim Jong-un is propaganda, right? Either the CIA has released it or his arm of marketing propaganda has released the thing. All right. Well, then who 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 came up with this pepper idea? I don't know. It's on the news site, but but listen to this. Okay. In keeping with these expenditures, a new cooking show is now dominating the North Korean government's television ratings. So I guess they can acquire these television shows via the satellite or who knows what. Yeah. So yeah. the show features uh, Kim Jong-un, North Korea's supreme leader. He presides over- Dude, the, dude, why do we not have this on cable TV? <laughs> we got to find this. He presides over the cooking show, which is a competition with over a thousand participants. <laughs> <laughs> this is a true story. We don't make anything up here. Um, it's a, uh, the, the competitors present famous dishes from their- so-called units in local areas. <laughs> <laughs> no one is sure what the contestants receive if they win. However, one does wonder what happens if they lose. That is <laughs> King Jong. Well, it's obvious uh, hard labor, Mark. Well, King Jong Un has reportedly executed a number of people, including his own uncle, a defense minister whose crime was falling asleep during a meeting. That's a true story. I remember that. <laughs> it's tough there. I mean, it really is. But it. <laughs> So, you know, there's a uh, it's all the rage is this uh, cooking show where uh, King Jong-un, the supreme leader, is the judge of who is performing the best cooking. Look, OK, I found the article here. One of them. Oh, you found it. OK. OK. Now, no videos. All right. OK. So <clears throat> I'm thinking this is definitely the work of the U.S. CIA. Why would they want to spread disinformation about King Jong-un running a cooking show? That makes no sense. Well, except this, a lot of the uh, talking points here in Western media go over. <laughs> now, I'm not defending the guy here, Mark. Yeah. I just want to know always, where my I news is coming from. I can always count on you to defend no, Kim Jong Un. No, 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 no. <laughs> All right, so he, they they go over what you just said. A thousand yeah. cooks compete, and um, well, here's a talking point. Uh, this sounds like unbiased reporting here. Greedy leader, <laughs> known for his love of rich foods like cheese and wine. Over ten well, million, and nice. right under it, over ten million citizens in the communist state suffer from hunger. Yeah, I know. It's, it's the uh, yeah the juxtaposition is pretty is pretty bad. I, I must admit. Uh, but you know, reading about uh, his history, he attended a boarding school in Switzerland, where he developed an appreciation and appetite for fine wine and cheeses, as well as American basketball and movies. And I did hear about that. I hear that that he is really about American culture. So maybe, I mean, do we have him wrong? Do we? Do, maybe he's a nicer guy than we think, or is that just not possible? That's just we we'll get that wrong about him. <clears throat> I think he's he's a 
he could just be trapped <laughs> by circumstance. Okay. Okay. Like he doesn't. He, want he doesn't to, want to do this. He just man. wants to. He just wants to drink wine and eat cheese. But that he's found, he had a famous father, and here he is. Exactly. Now, meanwhile, um, he's a little upset about this. He is. Well, I'm sure he is. Okay. He's trying to be in his mind. He's like, I'm a really good guy, man. Look, it's. I don't want these people to starve. I didn't want to kill my uncle because he fell asleep. <laughs> what was I, I to had do? To. <laughs> my hands were tied. That's right. And so, okay, Mark. Um, meanwhile, in the U.S., they don't. We we don't have hunger in the U.S. According to the USDA, we've had we have food insecurity. This is when you live in a household where you you may at some point during the day uh, want more to eat. All right, there are 50 million of those such people living in the United States th- today. Well, I, I, you know, I think there are probably a lot of people uh, who are, uh, I don't think we know what it's like to go hungry from we day to day. We certainly do and not. I think it's, uh, here, as we sit here with wine and cheese exactly, ourselves. Exactly, and I think that there's quite a, a number of people who, uh, in our own country, who are struggling like that, and uh, uh, I don't know, whatever you call it. But uh, absolutely. Yeah. So it's, you know, we're, we're comparing apples to oranges here. Yes. right? I mean, both numbers are coming out of, of the uh, you know, U.S. government. You sound paranoid. Not at all. <laughs> I mean, it's just look, look, here's the deal. Um, I think that it, articles like this are great. Right. Yes. But the unfortunate thing is, is it is it takes away from the importance of trying to care for the, these people who are hungry. Right. And more focusing rather than like a caring attitude. You're right. More of just let's be angry at this one guy who probably just wants to go bowling. Yeah. Well, I don't think he's <laughs> I'm sure he's just, you know, nice bowler. <laughs> he's more of a golfer. Did you ever hear about his insane golf game? No, but <laughs> <laughs> I, I need to look that up for you here. So um, he played um, he went and played golf. Yes. And uh, I think he shot a oh, someone, yeah. a thirty. <laughs> <laughs> what is that? That's like a two. Oh no, no, it was even crazier than that because oh, yeah. I think he. he I think a, all of them were holes in one, oh. and one was a double hole in one. It went into one hole and then bounced out, went into the next hole. Yeah, that's only happened to me once. <laughs> <laughs> so you know, yeah, that, he's amazing. I don't, when I read stuff like that, I'm like, well, that obviously was not put out by the CIA. Yeah. That <laughs> you don't think it's in the CIA's CIA's interest to make him look like a good golfer? <laughs> <laughs> I, on the other hand, think it is. Oh my gosh, Mark! Well, every now and then, you got you got to go there. You got to bring these North Korean news stories to the attention of me yes. and our listeners. Well, but please, sorry to get you heated. Please, yes. Oh my goodness, what is next? All right, so Joe, you might not know this, but. Millennials like wine. <laughs> well, it's not a it's not a wine health story. No, so I can't be just skip it and move on. It, we, but we have been having a lot of millennial wine news. Well, you might not know this either, but female millennials really like wine. Tell me more. <laughs> you might be surprised <laughs> to learn that there has been a recent surge in female oriented flask sales. <sighs> What does that even mean? Well, <laughs> <laughs> what is a female flask? How do you define a female flask? I'll tell you. Okay. So a flask is 
you know, I'm not trying to gender type <laughs> yes, <laughs> you are drinking equipment, but flask <sighs> is something I guess traditionally men maybe use because it's something they would wear on their hips, and you know, it's a flask. You sure, you carry you a flask in, with your handkerchief in your cowboy boots yeah. or whatever, and you <laughs> chew tobacco, and so that's a flask. But now flasks have changed because wine drinking's changed. That's what I'm trying to tell you. <laughs> wow, man, this is blowing my mind. I know. So, I can't imagine. What would be different other than the color? Well, <laughs> yes, because everybody knows a I mean, pink blue and pink flask. Yeah, <laughs> pink flask. Yeah, sure. <laughs> Your letters care of Joe Waddell. <laughs> All right. So what are they doing? The first. So the first flask is. Uh, there's different kinds that are, are really increasing popularity, and I'll mention some. The first one is a sunscreen flask. Again, oh, this <laughs> I don't make this up. These are real news stories. Oh, I don't make this boy, up. Oh so boy. this is a sunscreen flask. So if you're out on the beach, it holds eight ounces, of course, and people uh, witness, uh, I guess people witness you drinking your suntan lotion out of a bottle, which can look unsettling to people, but obviously it's <laughs> just your wine or whatever. So that's your sun. <laughs> but, but, you know, a lot of beaches are uh, alcohol-free, and so I think of people who really would like their nice heated <laughs> glass, their heated metal wine flask <laughs> out while in a 90-degree heat, you can drink it out of your suntan lotion bottle, which is, which is smart. So they've done that. But I don't know what's the difference. Why can't you just use a suntan lotion bottle and just put wine in <laughs> I mean, just clean it well. But anyways, or just eat suntan lotion. <laughs> that aside, <laughs> so the next one. Wait, how how is this female related? I don't make the news. I, I think I I have I've seen a guy, yeah, a man, get right. a suntan flask as a gift before. Yeah. Well, I, I, it was it was like. Yeah, I don't know. I think, right, men should wear suntan lotion just like women should, so I don't understand why that is, but that was on there. Maybe the next sure. one will make more sense. Okay. So number two is the scarf flask. <laughs> <laughs> These are true. You can look them up. Oh. They're stylish uh, scarves while you do stylish things, like get drunk <laughs> at church. <laughs> I just think it's I don't so know. funny to see someone <laughs> holding up the end of their scarf with the other end down <laughs> at their mouth. Yeah, what are you doing? Why Why is one <laughs> of your scarf in your mouth? I mean, like, I, I get it. I mean, I get what they're trying to do, but w when you're actually drinking out of it, that's a problem. I mean, it just looks odd. <laughs> I, I don't I don't like how these, how the news is making it sound like millennials, and in this case, female millennials, yeah. uh, need to conceal their wine consumption. Well, I don't know where they're drinking their wine, so maybe they do. I, I don't know. <laughs> if, uh, if anyone was to ever drink wine out of a scarf, Mm -hmm. I would immediately recognize that as a an alcohol problem. <laughs> well, I I guess I mean, but what if you're? I'm just trying to think of an example. What if you're at a movie and you want a nice glass of wine? But I guess they serve wine in movies now. What's wrong with a f normal flask, though? Well, because I think someplace I'm just trying to think. Like that's why I mentioned. Like if you, have, I mean, I guess if you had to get some wine into prison. Well, that's why I said if you're mentioning if you're drinking wine at church, that's probably a place where you shouldn't. Open your flask. Or your suntan lotion bottle. <laughs> your suntan lotion while you're sunning yourself at church. I love how someone has a whole shelf of different things. And depending on where they're going that yes, day. they have to pick and choose. Hmm. Speaking, speaking of, <laughs> the next flask, evidently being marketed to women and increasing in sales, is the umbrella flask. 
So because, you know, you this is a, an umbrella is an item you can carry anywhere. You know what I'm saying? <sighs> now, granted, if you live in Arizona and you're carrying around your umbrella everywhere, that could look odd. <laughs> <laughs> Especially when you stick the well, If in you're in mouth. Arizona, that's when you have your your suntan lotion bottle. Yes, right. Not yes. not the scarf either. No, but the the Pacific Northwest. If you're carrying around your umbrella, which is actually a flask, and I think it's a working umbrella too. I just don't know anymore, Mark. <laughs> <laughs> but this this is a real flask, and it's increasing in sales. And they're thanking millennials. For An this. umbrella flask. Yes. Okay. Like, where do you drink out of it? What do you mean? Do you unscrew the like if you're holding right, yeah. it, like you've opened it up and you're holding the handle. Yeah, you so you turn it, uh, you turn it like the handle up and you unscrew the. Uh, well, see yeah. now if it's raining, you've got to turn your umbrella down. <laughs> yeah, to, this yeah. is going to be very yeah, awkward. Yeah, definitely design flaw. So, <laughs> <laughs> so you know that's that's a problem. Now, then this one you cannot argue with me. This one has more. To, there's more. Yes. This oh one my goodness. Has to be marketed to females. I don't care who you say you are. And this is a real thing. I'm not making it up. It is the tampon flasks. Mark, please. I'm not making it up. This show. Do you want to type that into Google right now? I'm not typing that on my computer. All right. Okay. So each box holds five one-ounce flasks designed to look like feminine hygiene products. This is totally for (laughs) smuggling purposes. Smuggling? What? How? What do you need to smuggle? If that's is that important? One ounce at a time, I guess. Uh, I mean, really, it's like <laughs> like an hour later, you're not even that drunk, and there's two dozen open tampons on your prison room floor. Oh, you think it's in? Oh, it's used in. Well, like, I'm just jail, thinking, like in prison, I like see, yeah, like. But I was thinking more like airplanes. Like you know, you can't carry on. You can't bring alcohol in, obviously, and so uh, maybe. Well, that they're gonna scan that through, man. And yeah, they're see gonna. Something like these. Yeah, well, what is the deal with your liquid you, tampons? And the, for yeah, what? You know, right, like yeah. you can buy wine on the plane. Right. I mean, it's expensive, but I just can't see where exactly where is one little fluid ounce of wine worth all that trouble well my wife just texted me and said that there are uh, right now 90 customer reviews on amazon so we you could uh, uh, you know buy i'll, I'll tell you what this stuff is <laughs> these some of these are gag gifts no this is real this is real oh i know it's, it's there yeah but i you know, i think some people are very serious about their i, I think this is a totally a gag gift i think the the suntan is a gag i think they're all gags i, I think, think if so. you put wine in any of these things yeah either they're it's not going to hold it well mm-hmm. it's going to bust open yeah or it's going to taste like plastic when it comes yeah, out i think you're just trying to burst the millennials bu- bubbles and I, I think that that's wrong we so, should get a couple of those products i think we should now i think the next uh, the the next uh, one is this a real one? Is called the ice pack. This is smart. It's called the ice pack flask. I the, um, <sighs> so you know those plastic ice packs that you freeze in your freezer, and you know obviously they get, oh yeah, and they and they make everything else in your <laughs> in yeah your you put them in your cold. cooler, you take it out, you put it in your cooler, put it on your back. Oh, no, that's kind of smart. So someone decided to turn that into a flask. So if they're checking your cooler, if you're going into Wow, Disneyland or they probably well. Di- I don't know wherever the, you're going. The Disney World of Wine definitely will not let you bring in your own wine. I'm sure of it. Probably not. Well, I, maybe they would because you're already paying twenty bucks to get in. And yeah, why would they care? Drink all you want. I don't know. Okay, but so yeah, so I think that you know maybe 
But again, I think it's strange if you're sitting at your kid's soccer game and you're drinking from your ice pack, that could look a little weird. I'm going to buy a couple of these things, Mark. Okay. All right, and, and we're going to... We're going to bring them into the studio. Mm-hmm. We're going to try and have a clandestine drinking okay. plan. where um, We'll go out on the street and see we'll, if- We'll uh, go on the street, or maybe we'll go to one of the radio meetings here and see how long we can drink out of these products before someone in the meeting asks us, hey, why are you- why do you keep putting that scarf up to your mouth? <laughs> what are you doing with that <laughs> dumb scarf? Why are you opening your umbrella in the meeting room? <laughs> and sticking the handle <laughs> to your face. Yeah. So the last one is the hairbrush flask. So oh the reviews on gosh. this, this is interesting. The reviews on this say the actual hairbrush is supposedly a very good quality. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, so <laughs> the end of the hairbrush obviously uh, screws open sure. and you can drink your liquid out I of mean, that. I mean, literally, like a, a swallow or two. Well, I don't know. I think hairbrushes can get. I think my wife has some hairbrushes that are like big. They're like they're big as a like as a as a microwave or something. I mean, I, I, there's got to be a better way here. Like I'm thinking, like you know how you can get those fat suits. Yes. Right, <clears throat> and they just make you look bigger. Yeah. Right. They need to make the like those or jackets that you pump full of wine and just make you look huge. <laughs> but it's really like two. 200 gallons right. of wine. If someone's going to go through the trouble. It's, I think you're on to something. Uh, again, we always come up with really good ideas. I'm sure someone's going to steal now, but you should be able to fit basically a whole keg size yes. on a body. Absolutely. And like, this is the way to do it. You, th- that's exactly <laughs> you what you make. Now, now you that go. would be certainly <laughs> awkward when you're standing there in the TSA line and... 20 gallons of red fluid explode out of your body. Well, yeah, yeah. yeah you <laughs> definitely shouldn't try it there first. But I'm thinking I'm thinking more if you're like walking into, for example, if you're watching a football game at UNC or Duke, you cannot bring alcohol in, I'm quite certain. But, you know, some large individual mm-hmm. walks in and they say, sir, right this way. <laughs> I mean, that much wine would just weigh like 200 pounds. They're just laboring away. They just have to walk 20 feet. <laughs> and then... <laughs> And then you, they sit down, and then, of course, people around them, you know, watch, watching Mark, everyone Mark. put their mouths. Yeah. <laughs> they need, like, you need to lay down like a sow. And oh. you have maybe eight, eight little dispensary oh. nipples Nipplets. along the front oh. of your jacket. Yeah, so, so six people. Come, can, children, feast. Six people can drink at once. <laughs> yeah. that. Yeah. And they're watching this man slowly get thinner. Yeah, what is like, happening? Right and all of a sudden, eyes. they're on the Jumbotron. <laughs> <laughs> okay, we just have the next Weinfeller product. It should be like the sow bag or something. <laughs> like you, you weigh. In fact, you weigh so much with this jacket on. You have to. You're just laying on your side. You have. In fact, you need. They need to wheel you in on a wheelchair. They can do that. I don't know how much does a how much does a keg of wine. I can carry a pony keg well um, well what's a what's a gallon of water weigh like 12 pounds or something i have no idea but that i think that that's uh i think that that's something <laughs> i think you could totally walk in uh you could make it like a 800 feet you got to do that otherwise you, you you know your girlfriend's got you know a hairbrush an umbrella her tampons it's like a whole purse <laughs> full of mostly just the vessels not the wine. Yeah, you need if you're gonna do it, you need it's to do it right. It's mostly empty space there. Treat your friends well, 
<laughs> Look, I'm taking you to a game. Get a sow coat. I bought you some tickets. You don't have to buy any buy any liquor. <laughs> just look. You know, you're all good. When you get thirsty, you just nuzzle on up. Yeah, and then, <laughs> then everybody sort of tra- change, changes place of who gets to sit next to Joe. I love it, Mark. All right. Well, you're listening to The Weinfellers right here on WHUP. Don't move a muscle. Stick around. We'll be right back with more Weinfellers right after this short break. You're not going to want to miss it, so stick around. We'll be right back with more Weinfellers right after this short break, so stick around. You're listening to the Weinfellers right here on WHUP, home of your favorite fellers, the Weinfellers. Sipping grapes down the lobby when the server finds and gives me fuck a re fondue souffle pate crevole and ratatouille. Well, laying back on cruising wellness as a duty, hands me reesburg, latas, and the banana, mantra, sagal, or monte conti. Pictures, loads of margo, lifting moots, and left pillow on a scene. Feeling buzz, I need to get out, drop a load for a shake up a hurry. Driving too fast, top down sideways, rocks are off, I'll get my Bugatti. Piper, Hesek, Button, Shannon, Krukman, Kufe, and a pair. I drive my speed up, still fast, cast off at the beach and zip it clunky. Ripple, Cisco, Mad Dog, Night Train, Boons, for Mans, and Mogan, Dave. A book on tape queued up inside a voice, and no one can curse because I got Mark Shilbuk on computer simulation. I'm like Sam and Harris, hit Chen, Grade and Square. I'm up posers, Tito, Gangster, and I don't want your pairs. I'm like Sam and Harris, hit Chen, Grade and Square. I'm up posers, Tito, Gangster, and I don't want your pairs. I'm like Solar Flare, your castle in the air. I'm up posers, Tito, Gangster, and a wine fell air. Solar Flare, your castle in the air. I'm up posers, Tito, Gangster, and a wine fell air. Chick, her name is Sam and Mella. My old friend, Joy Hair, Dead Eye Brother, he is known as the other one, Bella. In the club, we rock it out at order, single malt, up and eat, but with some Aziki, Nika, Gushu, then we find some Hapiki, some Tori. Reesburg, Latas, and the Vinland, Mantra, Sadler, Monte Conti, Ripple, Cisco, Mad Dog, Night Train, Boots, Farman, some Mook, and David. Hit Chen, Grade and Square. I'm up posers, Tito, Gangster, and I don't want your pair. I'm like Sam and Harris. Hit Chen, Grade and Square. I'm up posers, Tito, Gangster, and I don't want your pair. I'm like Solar Flare, your castle in the air. I'm up posers, Tito, Gangster, and a wine fell air. Solar Flare, your castle in the air. I'm up posers, Tito, Gangster, and a wine fell air. Cause I got Mark Super Gun Computer Simulated University. Gun Computer Simulated University. My favorite segment of the week. Your good fellers, Mark and Joe, explore the exciting world of tasting and pairing wine. And remember, we're always on the lookout for suggestions from you. So let's pop the cork right now on this week's episode of The Wine Fellers. I do. Oh boy, Mark. 
Well, we've just, it's come down to it, hasn't it? Well, like I said at the beginning of the show, I was all ready for this to be the best show ever. And you know what? It still might be. It's its a great show. It's a great it is, show. It is one of the top three. I was going to say top two. Top two. Well, you know, it's really definitely fighting <laughs> against for that top that place. That one against right the Bugathon. But it's got a serious problem that we're about to run just headfirst into. Yes, it is. So we, we're, we're going to turn this into an educational learning experience. Uh, uh, wine, uh, you know, wine is kept in uh, an enclosure uh, called a cork, and corks can go bad. Uh, something ten to twelve percent corks fail. Uh, they can uh, wine can become corked, meaning tainted with taint cork, and that's a, just a bad. Uh, it just, it's not going to hurt you, but it causes the wine to taste bad, and it gets worse over time. And that's what happened to this bottle right here, that it has taint cork. It's a 1984 Pouligny-Montrachet. Uh, it's a, it's a, uh, a Jacques uh, Prière. Uh, I guess it doesn't matter because the wine stinks. It's horrible. <laughs> but, um, but, yeah, and that's what happens. So I was going to uh, uh, pair this beautiful white wine with three of our <laughs> mystery meats, but we're going to go ahead and do that. We're just going to do it, Mark. You know, in in the spirit of just teaching people about wine, yes, you gotta you gotta do it from both sides. You do, and th- hopefully, what folks are going to come away with here is: look, if the wine tastes as bad as we're about to tell you it tastes, yeah, just don't drink it. Don't yeah. drink the wine if you don't like the taste. Yeah, and it's not going to hurt you, but we're going to drink some just to for radio purposes and to uh, let you know what cork wine should taste like. So when you try yours go ahead and try yours oh gosh Joe. and what to, so so the color is actually a little bit more let's start with the color it's a little browner than it's typical. a little brown if it was a little more yellow yeah. it would be really really bad yeah okay this is uh a tan wine i can almost see through it right yeah. it's just brown it's straight yeah. up brown yeah um i'm gonna browner, smell it i'm yeah. gonna smell it here mm-hmm. okay oh, immediately uh, headache develops. <laughs> this is a very, very corked bad wine. So, was it to you smell okay. like? Or um, taste like? A, like a very, like cinnamon, like rotten jalapeno peppers. Ooh, I haven't heard that one. It's a good okay, one. Okay, I mean, it's like, because it singes your nose hairs while also having a putrid quality to it. So, the stereotype of a corked wine would be uh, something that smells like either two things uh, that's been described. And that, I don't really get those smells, but people will describe it as a wet dog smell. Yeah. And taste. It's there. Or a uh, wet cor- cardboard yeah. smell and taste. To me, uh, so my wife and I just bought chickens. Yeah. So, to me, this smells like a sort of like a chicken coop. Um, it's not a it's not a good smell. No, it's not a good smell. But but the the wet dog. <laughs> yeah, I get that. Right, it's in here. No, what and the cardboard I get it too. It's kind of the. Oh, it's hard to explain. It, it but if you've so, ever chewed on cardboard, <laughs> yeah. it's it's just that kind of dead taste. It's a nasty smell. It's it's just not pleasant. Right. I think is the point here. So now that you're uh, have joined us on our very positive show, the <laughs> Wine Fellers, it was going to be the best one. Well, we're drinking corked wine with <laughs> three mystery meats. So the first meat I have to pair with our corked wine is an Armor Vienna sausage. Oh boy! So I got this at the Mebbin Dollar Store, and you know we at the uh, Wine Fellers are on a limited budget. Thanks, Bob. Uh, we've been asking. What the hell? Oh, oh that looks horrible. What up the did wrong, you do? I opened up the wrong thing. 
Oh, wow. So now, now, Mark, as you're opening these yes, cans so, of potted meat, look, I smelled this this wine. Yes. Before we get into the meat, that looks absolutely disgusting. No, this right is there. Vienna sausage. I want you to to yes. taste the wine. We've smelled the wine, right. but we need to. You need to taste it and explain. Oh man, <laughs> that's so bad. That's so bad. Yeah, I just I, you don't look well. It's that cardboard taste. Oh, don't let me do that again. Okay. Ugh. All right. Well, yeah. you're going to have to drink some of this meat. This is like the one <laughs> instance of our show where the the wine the wine's going to yeah, the wine's going to outshine the meat. Here comes my meat. Yeah, uh, hey. Look, is here's the thing. I mean, the meat's going to outshine the yeah. wine. Yeah. So Well, we're going to have to eat the meat to get the taste of the wine out of our mouth. Right. So the first thing we're going to pair with our white wine I, and I did choose a white wine to pair with all these meats, which I thought was interesting because Vienna sausage is a kind of sausage made mostly from mechanically separated chicken. But also oh, mechanically boy. separated pork sometimes and a beautiful chicken in corn syrup broth. So you've got this on a saltine here. Mm. You're going at it. So all right. It's not bad. I mean, get the wine on my t- taste of the wine on my mouth. So that's, mm. that's Vienna sausage. Um, it's fine. It's like a hot dog eating a hot dog. Yeah, it's like eating a raw hot dog. That's I could like. eat this all day long. I mean, actually, that really helped the taste of the wine. So that's it does. Yeah. Um, should we? Are we trying to drink the wine while we eat this? Well, I thought you would. Okay. Look. <laughs> well, you just drank some. Uh, right. I'm going to drink some okay. now and explain the complex interplay. Right. Between this rotten, putrid wine and these mechanically separated chicken parts. Right. So oh, The stuff we do for this show, Mark. All right, here we go. I'm drinking some right now. All right. What do you think? Oh, dude. It's act. Wait. <laughs> it's better? Oh, um, eat some more chicken. Maybe we found the cure for corked wine. No. Look, man. What? Pop one of those Vienna sausages in your mouth. Yeah. And then chew it up, uh-huh. and now mm, take good. a sip of that wine with it. All right, it's actually not that bad. A tiny sip. <laughs> <laughs> it, it for some reason it's it's not quite so bad to me. Oh, so it's just a, cog- a cacophony <laughs> of terrible. All right, so. The next meat pairing was <laughs> with the same wine because I was an idiot and only brought one bottle of wine. <laughs> of bad wine. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, one bottle, so here it is. And I'm, we are pairing the same crappy wine. What is this? With armor potted meat. And I got this at the dollar store as well, yep. the dollar store. And, you know, our, our meat tasting, you know, for $3. We were able to do this, and, uh, you know, it's a, a shoestring budget here. That was not bad. So this is armor potted meat. It's, uh, what is it? Describe to the listeners what we're looking at here. This looks like um, like uh, wet dog food or cat food. Yeah, it does. Like right out of a can, you know? Like overly wet cat food. Yeah. It is a little too moist. I'm kind of, this is... Anyway, <laughs> so it's, we're going to eat it. I mean, it's fine. It's potted meat. So, again, I chose the white wine no, to drink with this, the cork white wine, because uh, a potted meat, this is mostly mechanically separated chicken, mm-hmm. uh, but also there is beef tripe. Uh-huh. Do, do you know what beef tripe is? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's the muscle wall of a cow's stomach. Perfect. Beef hearts, partially defatted cooked beef fatty tissue. Nothing you say is going to gross me out after drinking this wine. Meat broth, vinegar, salt, and some other things. Okay, so let's try the... Let's eat our potted meat, Mark. Cheers. Mmm. Mmm. That is delicious. 
Really? Well, I've had coffee days better than that. Oh, um, um, it has something to it. You like it? Mm. It's salty. It's fatty. And let me see how it goes with the wine. <laughs> if you're just joining us on the wine, fellas, we're eating. <laughs> oh boy, we're eating uh, potted oh. meat, uh, cheap a uh, dollar store meat with uh, corked white wine. I'm and, not drinking any more of that and wine. And this Mark. has been uh, a, a wine fellers for the ages. <clears throat> oh. Whew. All right. So. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Yeah. Mark, this wine is just horrible. It's pretty bad. I feel I feel bad. It's so bad. It's giving me a really bad headache. I should bring backup wine, and I didn't do it. Well, you know, we're on a shoestring budget, like I you I know, said. and Bob doesn't treat us well. He doesn't, you know, he pays everybody else, evidently, at this radio station much more than he does us. So what are we going to do? So, um, our last food pairing is... Uh, the last meat. Is, I have, uh, it's just called Bristol Chicken Luncheon Meat. That That's just a, um, that's a giant, watch out man, that's going to fling right on you there. That's a giant, <laughs> a horrible loaf. Uh, dude, yeah. <laughs> get, get, let me take a picture of this here. Mark is handing me yes. my... Um, my my potted meat for the evening. Right. That is so gross. Well, it's a... It's uh, the, I can't eat that. It's the size of your fist, man. Okay. I'll, <laughs> I'll cut it down. Are you going to eat one that big? Of course. No, you won't. All right. Here you go. Dude. So there you go. It's, it's like a loaf of... It's chicken again. So it's like a loaf... Oh, it's a God, loaf of... This is so How gross. do they do this, do you think? It's like a loaf of chicken. They just put it in the shape that they want it and spray the liquid chicken into it. So it's, it says mechanically separated chicken and sodium. Again, chicken you often serve white with, wine. with white wine, a nice beautiful Chardonnay. Obviously not this one. All right, let's do it. Hmm. Mm. Dude, you jumped off half your meat. Uh, I off. ate my whole thing. Uh, it fell off. Hand me this can. There you go. So this is a uh, chicken luncheon meat you can get at the dollar store. Uh, again, thank, <laughs> thanks to the uh, fine folks at the Mebbin Dollar Store uh, for uh, for these uh, great uh, three offerings uh, today. Um, look what look what the, the the saying is here on this Bristol brand chicken luncheon meat. Mm-hmm. Um, fitting lifestyle, it says. <laughs> it's a nice it lifestyle. It fits my lifestyle as yeah, well as it if it's fits my lifestyle too. to the walls of this can that it's perfectly formed to. Yeah, so um, so of the three, uh, I think the most tolerable, the most edible uh, luncheon meats with our corked wine was the um, Armour Vienna Sausage, I think. That's, I respect that. Um, is that, would you agree? I think the chicken and corn syrup broth kind of made it. The the I will say this my least favorite was the chicken loaf that we just had, <laughs> yeah. Um, followed by the Vienna sausage, but I really I'm really digging that potted meat over there, man. Oh, here have some more. Well, I mean not that much. <laughs> <laughs> it's Please. a close first and second place there. Yeah. So um, you know uh, why do we do this? Mark? I don't know. I thought you know this would these are uh, can be a really a lot more fun to do when the wines. <laughs> we this is probably can... the first show where we have had nothing to drink. We have nothing to drink. and I'm completely sober right now. 
hauntingly sober, Mark. <laughs> look, you can't look. There's another lesson here. Corked wine, it ain't going to kill you. Should we just down the bottle right now? Uh, I'm not going to drink anymore. I can't, I can't do it. It's I like it. if yeah, you yeah. told me I could get catch a buzz off of drinking a gallon of canola oil, <laughs> I don't think I'm physically capable. Yeah, yeah, you can't. It's, it's, it's bad for you. So, um, yeah, not gonna, well, it's yeah, not going to kill it's you. It's not going to hurt you. It won't hurt you. It's probably not that bad. It's probably not that bad. But you may later wish you, you had done something else. I don't know. I don't know, actually, a person who's went through with it and consumed what a whole bottle What could we mix with this? Hey, I have a can of Mountain Dew here, Mark. Oh, How much Mountain Dew do you think it would take to hide the putridness oh, of the wine? Oh, a thousand to one. Let's do that. <laughs> okay. Well, then we wouldn't even taste it. <laughs> yeah, so, um, you know, uh, I, you know, I'd love to talk about this wonderful wine that we're not drinking, but, you know, if it was tasting great, we'd probably be tasting um, <laughs> some <laughs> Tell the listeners. apricot and some peach notes, but those are long gone. Oh, boy, are they. Yeah. I mean, they went out the window. That's a good question. How, when do you, th this was an 84, uh -huh. bottled in 84. Right. <clears throat> was it bottled in 84? Uh, no, it was like bottled in, uh, well. Grown yeah, in 84, harvested It was in harvested like in 83, okay. 82. Well, yeah, yeah. All right, so when did this wine go bad? Well, well so when, it's the cork, so it was the it was immediately present on the cork, so it probably took, you know, not too long before the taint uh, taste appeared, but it just got worse over time. And, uh, uh, you know, but there's no, there's just no way to know what was could, going on. Could this be know? a storage issue or is this totally just the it, cork had gone bad? It doesn't bad. taste like a storage issue to me. It doesn't mm -hmm. taste like cooked, like sangria, like cooked wine. Yeah. To me, it tastes like it's something that just has gone wrong with the wine, unless the wine was just never good to begin with. But I just can't believe from this maker, which is a good maker. I think usually you would get that. So so it's, it's nice to know that, you know, wine is uh, in perfect product and that absolutely uh, and that um you know if you drink enough fine wine like we do with the wine fellers yeah yep. you're gonna come across some corked wine all the time if you want to discover if you have an uh, you know the spirit of an explorer like yeah. we do uh you're gonna try bottles of wine may not be good right because you're trying them with the chance of discovering a fantastic bottle right and if you have a wine like this and you're at a restaurant this is obviously a wine you would send back. Don't suffer through this. I bottles. was going to ask. I'm going to say, you know, like, even if you go buy a, a wine at a store, yeah, a uh, retail shop, right, or at a order it at a restaurant, and it comes out and you don't like the taste, yeah, bring it back or return it, right. So, uh, you know, it's a little harder to return wine when it's ha like an 1884 because you do uh, accept the risk. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, especially when you buy these wines at auction. There's a risk that's inherent mm -hmm. in buying these bottles because um, you're just going to have a proportion that's just not going to be good. And that's just the, you know, wine is the living, breathing uh, product and it can go bad. And so um, we're... You know, just accept that fate. If you're drinking a younger bottle, uh, you shouldn't happen. And the interesting thing, this is an argument for uh, corks that are synthetic, that are not uh, uh, made from wood, because synthetic mm -hmm. corks don't um, have this taint. Taint is something that's specifically uh, accustomed to the the, the wood that uh, comes from the trees that you make the cork out of. <laughs> you mentioned a backup wine. Yes. We're going to have that next time. Next time. This will be the, the, the next time we'll always have we'll always have some kind of backup wine from now on. Now, this is also a cautionary tale for young lovers on their picnic. 
It is. Right? Well, think about it. Just like our show, you need a backup wine, man. Yeah, you need a backup wine. Always if have you, a backup wine. If you learn anything from the show, please bring a backup wine to on your date. You've been listening to another exciting episode of The Wine Fellers, North Carolina's only fine wine radio program. And I've had such a great time today, Mark. Me too, Joe. But the good news is, is that the fun can continue online. <laughs> You're absolutely right. Visit us online at thewinefellers.com, where you can learn more about today's program and listen to previous shows. See you next week. Songs and melodies change and change and sway, but they still stay the same. The songs that we sung when the dark days come are the songs that we sung when we chased them away. If I ever found a pot of gold, I'd buy bottles untold of the nectar of the vines. Cause I'm gonna die with a twinkle in my eye. Cause I sang songs, spun stories, love, laughed and drank wine. Tomorrow is another Sasan,
are listening.